You're now tuning in to a sports talk podcast produced by the Right Way Sports Network and CEO Malik Wright. Be sure to follow the team's social media on Instagram at TWSNet, on Twitter at TWSNet, and on Facebook at the Right Way Sports Network. We want to change the way you view sports and get your information. And there's only one way to do that the Right Way. What is going on, Fact fans? Welcome back to Factland. This is Steven and Alex. We're here to do another weekly podcast. Uh, normally, Alex does the intro. I'm not quite sure where he went, but I'll hop on and do it. So the, the phone uh, the phone was the phone was accidentally muted. Sorry about that. You know, we're we're having some woes even now. But what I was saying, what I thought I was saying, but I was saying to no one because my phone was muted while the intro music played, was that uh, sadly but surely this is going to be the last podcast you hear from us in a while me and steven are uh we're going to do, be doing some other things for the right way sports network uh our instagram's still going to be up and running and pumping out daily content but for as far as podcast goes this is the last podcast until until the fall when uh when you know sports start kicking back up but uh i didn't mean to cut you right back off steven i just oh. had my phone muted and, and I don't it's know, okay I you know out. you know as well as any of that i hate doing the intro so i appreciate you getting back in but, uh, yeah, as we were talking about, uh, this is going to be the last time you hear from us in a while, and it's going to be, I mean, it's sad for me, and I'm sure it's sad for you guys, all the fact fans out there, but we will be back, and we will be better than ever. But with that being said, we're not going to let this, uh, we're not going to take off or, you know, give any half-ass content for this last episode. We're going to make sure this episode is one of the best you guys have ever heard, just like we strive to do every single week. And with that being said, we have a lot of things on our plate today. Uh, one of the things we've been doing on our Instagram at TWSN underscore the facts is we've been doing this type of series. It's uh, like a rookie of the year who we believe will be the uh, NFL rookie of the year next year. And uh, it, me and Steven have a couple of differing opinions, but I think overall we, we align pretty pretty closely on who we think is going to be the rookie of the year in the NFL. And mine is obvious. Not, call me a homer, call me biased, whatever you want to do. Joe Burrow is going to be the rookie of the year next year in the NFL uh, simply because he is the best player that was drafted and he's going to a, good, a much better scenario than a lot of people are acting like. People are acting like Joe Burrow is absolutely going to a horrible team. And while the Bengals did only win two games last year, they have A.J. Greenback, who wasn't there for all of last year. They have Jonah Williams, a left tackle, that wasn't there for all of last year. They drafted T. Higgins, another weapon. John Ross was hurt for over half the year last year. And so, essentially, the only weapons that was there that were there that are there now that were there last year is Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd, which are great players. But now you're adding A.J. Green, John Ross, T. Higgins, Jonah Williams. I mean, you're just adding a slew of guys. And then Bengals also made a lot of – splashes in free agency uh, with the signings of uh, a lot of defensive players to shore up that defense to help them out. So, Joe Burrow, Rookie of the Year, bet on it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think that 
Joe Burrow is going to win the Rookie of the Year next year. I think he has a really good team coming back around him. You mentioned, you know, A.J. Green and especially Jonah Williams coming back, you know, off their injuries. And I think Jonah Williams is even – this is going to surprise you. I think Jonah Williams might be more key coming back than A.J. Green just because of how bad that offensive line was last year. They need all the help they can get, and that's not even just for Joe Burrow. That goes for uh, Joe Mixon as well. But A.J. Green coming back is certainly huge. You, you mentioned that they added T. Higgins. I think the Bengals could be a quality team next year. I don't mean a playoff team, but I think they could be a solid 7-9 and nine team or so. I agree. I'm not going to say playoffs yet just because, you know, it, it is a rookie quarterback, and we don't know exactly how it's going to work, especially with COVID and everything. The rookie quarterbacks are going to have a worse hand dealt to them than rookie quarterbacks in the past. But uh, I will. But I do believe that the Bengals are going to be a good team. I, I, my guess is – Around seven and nine, eight and eight, and I mean they still got a they still got some holes like you mentioned on the offensive line that they definitely need to shore up before they're sure enough contender because I'm not acting like they're a contender. But Joe Burrow is going to make the biggest uh, the biggest change out of all the rookies that were drafted. He's going to make the biggest splash. He's going to change his team for the better in the best way. And you know, I, I, like we said, we both agree with Joe Burrow winning it. Let's just say something happens to Joe Burrow or. Or even we can just go with our number two guy. Who, who is your number two guy, or or who would win if Joe Burrow for some reason gets hurt or something? Who, who's the next guy up in your opinion? Number two is Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I've seen a lot about him might not getting a whole bunch of playing time, but at, at the end of the day, there's three quarterbacks who have a chance to get playing time, and we know in the NFL a lot of times. Uh, these reward these awards go to quarterbacks if at all possible. They go to other positions if if it's a landslide, but if it's close, like we saw last year, AJ Brown and Kyler Murray, it was AJ close, Brown and we saw Kyler, and we saw Kyler Murray win. I mean, when a quarterback is close, a quarterback's going to win it. And so I'm going to pick the quarterback with, that's going to get the second most playing time next year, and that's going to be Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I know you're probably going to say Justin Herbert, Stephen, but Justin Herbert, let's be real, is not going to get the playing time Tua Tagovailoa is. He's just not. Uh, Chargers seem very, very content with starting Tyrod Taylor, and I think Tyrod Taylor is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think Tua will get a he will he will get a he will be able to start quicker. Uh, because Ryan Fitzpatrick will have those games where he's absolutely horrible. And uh, I think the Chargers will be – the Chargers are a much better roster overall than the Dolphins. So I think Tyrod Taylor has a lot more to work with and win some games before Justin Herbert has to step in. See, this is where I disagree with you. You you know, you mentioned playing time and that Tua Tagovailoa would get more playing time. I think Justin Herbert actually gets more playing time. I don't think either one of them start the season. I'm coming off of that take. I originally said Justin Herbert would be the day one starter. But I'm coming off of that. I think Tyrod Taylor will start uh, the first couple of games. But I think Justin Herbert comes in somewhere around game four or five. And Tua, one thing that you failed to mention is the injury. He's not fully healed yet. I'm not sure that the Dolphins don't let him, you know, for a year under Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen and let him learn the system and learn from a veteran guy and let him come in and be the starter in year two. And for that reason, that is why I'm putting Justin Herbert as my number two on the list. And if you go look at the Instagram, we listed him at number four. That's Alex. That's not me. So before you jump on anybody's throat, jump on Alex's because, uh, I didn't get to see in that, and if I did, he would have been at least number three. Well, let me tell you who number three is. We, we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on this topic, but number three is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just because he goes – he has the best situation going in of any player. Uh, he's going to fill that role that Kareem Hunt left, 
when Kareem, you guys do you guys remember Kareem Hunt's rookie year? I mean, let's remember it. He was absolutely destroying everything. I remember I had him on fantasy football, and he was probably one of my best players on fantasy football. I mean, the guy was just absolutely ridiculous, and I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to do the same thing. He's going to go into that Chiefs offense, and he's going to be their bell cow back. They do a lot of passing. We know the Chiefs drop back so much, and he's going to get so many targets, so many catches. I mean, I don't even think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the best running back coming out of the draft, but without a doubt, he goes into the best uh, scenario. So I think he's going he's gonna to have ample opportunity uh, to get that spot. Yeah, I, I agree that he. I agree that he goes into the best scenario. However, he's just not on my top five. I, I don't think that he's going to go in and be the rookie of the year. I just don't see that happening. My number three would be Jerry Judy with the Denver Broncos. I think he's going to go in there and light it up. I think he's going to quickly become the premier receiver in that offense, even over Cortland Sutton. So I have high hopes for Jerry Judy, and I think him and Drew Locke are going to be a really good duo this year. Yeah, Jerry Judy's my fifth because I because of a lot of things you said. I think the Denver Broncos will be much improved, and I mean Jerry Judy's just that man. I mean he's he was the best wide receiver to come out of the draft, and a lot of people slept on him. And I don't know why on God's green earth Henry Ruggs uh, was drafted before him. I guess the Raiders just hate themselves. But who was your, who would be your fifth, Stephen? Do we want to go for you? Skip four. So I'm going to give you my four real quick. My four would be C.D. Lamb. With the Cowboys, he's another one going into a good situation. You know, he has an established starter at quarterback, a really good offensive line, a good running back. So, not all the attention's on him. I expect Ceedee Lamb to have a really good year, and that's why he's my number four. All right. Well, uh, we 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 spent way more time than we said we were going to on that, but I mean, I think it's really interesting. I'm sure the fans like to hear about uh, the rookie of the year because it's something I get really big into. I, I love to project the rookies and how they'll do. But we can go ahead and jump into – I know you have some words you'd like to say about the MLB, which is an absolute snooze fest already, but they're just apparently making it worse. I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. All right, so going back to Wednesday night, the first day of the MLB draft, Rob Manfred came on the telecast and told fans that, quote, there would unequivocally be a 100% be a season. I believed him. I, I And even now I believe him. I believe that there will be a season contrary to, you know, some later – words I I think that we're just in for starting a little bit later but how do you five days later after okay so Wednesday he said that there would 100% be a season and yesterday Monday he claims that he's not sure if there will be a season what what changes in those five days Alex do you have an answer for that I'm not sure uh like you like the MLB so this is your segment well this is what changed Alex I'll give you the little quick answer, quick rundown. What changed was that the Players Association decided that they were done arguing about, you know, the the pro rate and who's going to get the who's going to get the money and what percentage they're going to be played. They told the owners and Rob Manfred specifically, "Tell us when and where we'll be there, we'll come play, and we'll argue it uh, we'll argue this at the end of the offseason, you know, when it when it should be argued. It shouldn't be argued right now in a national crisis. They're arguing money and it doesn't make sense." So as a negotiation tactic, Rob Manfred decides that he wants to threaten no season. And for those of you that are into baseball, I suggest that you go look at Trevor Bauer's Twitter account, a all-star starter, you know, great pitcher in the MLB. He's given his thoughts on it, and they're dead on. What Rob Manfred's doing is just delaying it two weeks so that he can say, hey, we're going to play 50 games, instead of right now saying they're going to play 70 
because he just wants more money. It's Rob Manfred and the owners want their money. They don't want to pay the players. It's, it's, uh, it just, it ticks me off. They're just delaying it two weeks basically so that they have a reason to play less games. And that's, that's the poor man's version of it. If you want to go read about it, Trevor Bauer's Twitter, as I said, has a lot of interesting stuff and a lot of, he explains it really well. So I, I suggest you go look at that. The MLB stinks. I mean, it's absolute garbage already. And the owner, I mean, the chairman or whatever the hell you want to call him, is only making it worse. I mean, the guy has already having he has inherited a dying sport to run, and he cannot do it well. Uh, let me just tell you, folks, if you watch the MLB, then uh, I don't know. There's so many better things you could be doing, like uh, reading of any type of magazine, uh, going and jumping whoa, low, uh, whoa, whoa. watching watching paint dry. The MLB is the sure third what, best sport. It's the third best sport. I'm not sure what would be worse than watching the MLB, quite honestly. I would rather – I tennis? swear to God. I, I will go on record as to saying – I swear to God, I would rather watch Disney Junior, like Mickey Mouse cartoons, than the MLB. It is that bad. Would you you rather watch lacrosse? Yeah, oh, undoubtedly. I would much rather watch lacrosse than the MLB. Would you rather watch tennis? Yes, yes. I mean, Serena Williams, she's got a mean hand. Soccer, Soccer. yes, most definitely. Ronaldo's a man. Okay, here. Name me a men's tennis player, and I will just concede it to you, and you can have it. Wimbledon. That's a. <laughs> I know it's a stadium, but I'm assuming it's named. I'm assuming it's named after someone. And uh, <laughs> and you got the, and you got the Roy you guy. You couldn't come Roy. up with you couldn't come up with Roger Federer. That's the one I was thinking of, Roger Federer. And regardless, <laughs> I would rather watch Roger Federer. Federer. Then watch the MLB. It is that horrible. I swear to God, I, I, there's not many things that I would take the MLB over. Like genuinely, I don't. I kind of hope the ship sinks because all I know about the MLB so far is that the the CEO, I mean the, the commissioner, is garbage. He's garbage sauce. He's the worst uh, commissioner in sports. Oh, most definitely. And he already has inherited a horrible sport. So what are you doing? I mean, as a, as a commissioner of a terrible sport. You should be actively trying to resurrect the sport. I mean, let them take the roids. That's what I believe. I believe they should let them take the roids. Best time ever with baseball was when I wasn't born and everyone was shooting up the roids and hitting all the home runs. Let them take the roids, uh, and then it would probably be good. Alex, I was just about to say, I did a speech on this for my public speaking class at Southern Miss this past semester. I'm going to upload it to the Instagram. I, I did a whole speech on why they should let players take steroids. Do you, I mean, so we're both on the same page with that one. Take steroids. I don't care about anything else. It just makes the sport maybe watchable. Actually, I still wouldn't watch it if they took steroids, but I'm just trying to give this commissioner, I'm trying to hand him on a silver platter some ideas on what, can make his sport watchable. I still would Don't watch blackout sure games. A lot, more people, a lot more people would watch big behemoths hit the ball and also lessen the games. Way less games. There's too many games. I mean, how many is there? Once it's in triple digits, there's too many damn games. I don't care. It makes it – when you have 162 games, every game counts for less. So who the hell is going to care about the Phillies playing the Rockies in a, on a random – night on a random Tuesday. Who's going to care about that? Nobody. Nobody. Here, I mean, this here's, is a, here's four this, quick ideas 
to make the MLB better, that will take 20 seconds, and then we can move on. One, as you said, shorten the season. Shorten it to 100 games. It's at 162. It's just way too many. Shorten it to 100. Secondly, don't black out games. They, like, I can, for instance, Alex, me and you are in Mississippi. On most nights, I cannot watch the Atlanta Braves because they black them out. Don't why? Why are we doing that? Three, as you mentioned, let them take steroids. There's literally the documentary the other night, I don't know if you watched it, with talking about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and even did a little bit about Barry Bonds. That was the best era of baseball. I think we can all agree that was the most fun. It's when it had the most fans. That was just the best era of baseball. And lastly, on all of the social medias, why do you take down videos? Why is it illegal to post highlights? Like, because don't do they're that. stupid. The only nobody, that the nobody else does that. Old, the only fans the MLB has are old geezers. So you know how you tap into the younger market? It's by up is by social media. You need your social media. Your dude hitting a boring ass home run should be splattered all over all the social media so that maybe one out of every thousand teenagers could maybe think that was okay. But no, you take it all down to keep your old geezer fan base. I mean, I, it doesn't make me. I'm getting mad. About it. Hold up, one last thing. Here's something else. I think me and you both know, as me and you both know, and a lot of my friends know, my Twitter account was suspended for good. You remember that? Yeah. I got an email the other day with the tweet that got it suspended, and it was just a copied MLB video. <laughs> oh, it was. God. I literally, See, I, mean, that... I literally screen, I screen recorded an MLB video and posted it on my page, and it got my entire Twitter suspended. What, question, question. Uh, what is this guy's name? What is this fool's name? Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred, I hate you, and I hope I don't see you on the street. Now, with that being said, let's go to the next one. Uh, uh, NBA. Uh, players, I know I know players and uh, some NBA personalities, like former players, are talking about this. I know the most notable is Kyrie Irving is saying that he's sitting up the season because of the Black Lives Matter movement, and it's saying that it's going to take away from the movement if – when the NBA uh, boots up. And I'm not here to say I'm a expert on the Black Lives Matter movement because ever, Lord knows I am not. I'm not an expert at all on the movement. So I don't want to speak too much about it because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to offend anyone when I'm not trying to. But I think what Kyrie Irving is doing is wrong. I, I think it doesn't make too much sense to me. Maybe I have a simple mind, but it doesn't make too much sense. In my eyes, okay. There are way more people. Uh, this Black Lives Matter movement, as far as what I can see, it's going down in Twitter more than any social media, uh, a, a social media forum or social media uh, app. So it's going down on Twitter the most, and it's great. It's great to see my Twitter timeline flooded with people trying to make a change. But let's be real here: a lot of people aren't looking, especially the people whose whose minds we need to be changing, the people whose whose who we need to change, they're not looking at the Black Lives Matter Twitter. They're they're not. But a lot of those guys people could be look could be watching an NBA game. The NBA this NBA game is the is these NBA games when no other sport is showing. It's not like it's a regular NBA game. There is nothing else going on. This is the first sport outside the UFC to happen for months. This is going to be electric. This is gonna ha- this is gonna be some of the NBA's best ratings ever. And, I mean, people just aren't like, – I don't agree with the idea of sitting it out because of a movement. I think that it will do the exact opposite. Kyrie Irving is believing that it will that it will 
stopped, and other other NBA, former NBA personalities are, are saying about how it will, about how it will stop the movement. But I'm claiming that it will it will keep it going. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But going back to your point real quick, you said that there's nothing been going on since uh, other than UFC. That's just false, and it goes back to my point about baseball. That's the third best sport because golf and um, soccer have both been back. So just going back to that real quick. Anyways, look, the NBA needs to come back. I understand that they want to get their message out as long as far as the Black Lives Matter and the protests go. But isn't the NBA coming back the best way to do that? Isn't, you know, uh, playing basketball and having all eyes on you and getting your message out, isn't that the best way to get the word out? That's just my opinion, but I'm not sure. I completely agree. Uh, I think that this is a good, great way to spread the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, and I think that the NBA of all places is is a great way to do it. Uh, I really hope that more because uh, I've seen more more NBA players uh, come out and support the move the the season starting back than I have denouncing it. Kyrie Irving is just one very notable one saying that it shouldn't happen because it's going to stop it. And I'm I'm not denying his his reasoning. Uh, I think if that's what he thinks will fix it, if, it, if that's what he thinks will fix the NBA, it, uh, will fix the racism we have in our country. If he thinks that's the way to stop it, then by all means stop it. I just don't know if that's the way to stop it. I don't believe. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, I, like you said, you know, I'm all for the players doing what they feel is best. And as the NBA stated, they're not going to punish anybody for not coming back. But this is my thing with Kyrie. I'm not so sure. He's not playing anyway. So is it more something to do with that or the protest? I know there's other players to speak about it, but we've mentioned that Kyrie is the most notable. Uh, Kyrie isn't playing anyway. So when he goes to Orlando, I believe that he'll have an even bigger stage. Or if he goes to Orlando, I believe that he'll have an even bigger stage to get his word across and get the get the word out. As, you know, we talked about Kaepernick before. Kaepernick, what he did when he took his knee, he got so many people talking. If he would have just done that in the middle of a protest, I mean, not near as many people would have talked about it, but because he did it on a national stage with everybody watching, and everybody in America knew what was happening. Everybody in America, whether you supported it or not, knew what was going on and knew – you know, like what he was doing it for, if that makes sense. So I think that the best way, and this is just my opinion again, is for the players to come back and do it on a national stage. I completely agree. I think if if anything else, it just helps this uh, Black Lives Matter movement. And I mean, it's a movement that deserves to be, that needs to be had. That should have happened a long time ago. But I mean, it's it's happening now, and I think that the NBA is 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 an outlet that uh, could. Get, make a lot more people jump on the movement if you understand what I'm saying. Like I, I don't understand his his rationale, and there's there's a lot more players that have said something about it. I know Kyrie has now came out and said that players should start their own league, which makes me start to believe the guy is on some kind of uh, hallucinogen or <laughs> drug <laughs> something. I mean, the, the guy has been kind of weird his entire career and. I'm not. I'm not saying he's weird, thanks to the Black Lives Matter or anything. I'm just saying he's a he, he's he's a he's an odd guy. With that being said, yeah, I think I we agree. have a call. 
caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, I'm Miley, and I'm from Brandon. Hey, Miley. What's going on? Hey. Nothing, just driving back home from Oxford. Do you have a question? Yeah, so, like, how long have y'all had y'all's talk show? Uh, we've, we've, we've had it for quite some time, but, uh, the sad, the sad thing is that it, this is the last episode for quite some time. Thank you for calling, Miley. Uh, it really provided a lot of insight. But, uh, but we we we've had this quite we've had this talk show for quite some time. And uh, the sad thing is it it uh it it's coming to an end for for a short amount of time. I mean, it's coming back in the fall. But uh, with that being said, I mean. Jumping back into it, uh, thank you for calling Miley. We love our fans. But, <laughs> but with that being said, jumping into the speaking of Black Lives Matter NFL, uh, I know Baker Mayfield made some ways earlier about his uh, his stance on kneeling for the national anthem, and I don't know. I, I, I stand firmly with Baker Mayfield on this. Uh, he said basically screw anyone who doesn't stand with him that he's going to kneel for the national anthem and I completely agree with what he's saying what do you think Steve I, I agree too and to, on that line J.J. Watt did the same thing when a random fan without knowing anything just claimed that J.J. Watt would not be kneeling and he took action on Twitter calling them out and said that they don't know anything about him and he'll do I, I believe he said that he will kneel. So I support anybody kneeling. I, I, like I, we've mentioned before, it's no longer, and it's never been about, you know, the military or the flag, but it's a, it's about protesting for equality and social equality. And so I support everybody that has decided to kneel, and I think it's a great thing moving forward for all leagues that decide to do it. I will be the first to admit that I never I in the past, did not fully understand the kneeling, especially when Colin Kaepernick started it. I was actually pretty against it. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I thought that Kaepernick was using it more as a as a way to advance in his career, and he was trying to prey on a market that needed help, like uh, on a group of people that needed help. I thought he was trying to capitalize on it for his own gain. Now, now, uh, thankfully, people can change. I've changed, and I've, I've saw the the just what the kneeling does. It gets the conversation started and it's a conversation that needs to be had without a doubt. Uh, I believe that kneeling is okay. I think, I think kneeling is something that needs to happen. If I was in the NFL right now, I would probably kneel for the national anthem, not to disrespect the troops or the flag, but uh, I would like to, I, I, I had a, a teacher and he, he was a he was a veteran and someone had asked him about Colin Kaepernick. This was years ago when it when it was making headlines. Someone asked him about Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the flag. And I mean this guy is he's he's a military veteran. He he was highly ranked in in the military. And this is this is what changed my stance on the kneeling. He he said and I mean this guy is he's a vet so he can speak for for vets more than I can. And he said that he went and he fought for his country and he fought so that people could have the chance to kneel. Not so someone has to put their hand over their heart and stand for his flag, but so someone can be free. They can choose to kneel or they can choose to stand or they can choose to flip the flag off if they want to flip the flag off. I mean, I, and I know that sounds harsh, but I think that this country is has been built on freedom and 
you should be a, you should have a right and be free to protest and kneel if you'd like. And when the words that man told me, that uh, military veteran told me, have rung true to me forever. I'm still not going to argue that Colin Kaepernick was a good quarterback because uh, I can't go back on that. I still think Colin Kaepernick wasn't a great quarterback, and I'm not sure if he's a starter in this league. But with that, but I definitely think he's he he's a backup. I mean, you can't say he's I don't well, or he was. If he's not anymore, he was. There was a time when Colin Kaepernick was 100% good enough to be a backup, and he just. Yeah, I, I, like like you said, I agree hundred. I agree a hundred percent that undoubtedly he's at the very least a backup in this league, or was you know. But from all accounts, he stayed uh, stayed in shape, stayed working out, stayed throwing over the last three or four years. So if that's the case, I believe personally that we will see a team sign him for this upcoming season. What do you think? I think so too. And I, I've heard about teams inquiring about him, and I think it'll happen. Uh, if nothing else, just to show support for the movement. Uh, I don't. I don't know how good Colin Kaepernick is. I, most people don't really know how good Colin Kaepernick is at this point in time. But I know when he found a job, when he was doing the kneeling, I know he was in it. He was a backup NFL quarterback. Was he a starter? I don't think so. But should he have been shifted to the back and not been able to get a job because of his movement? Hell no. He should have definitely. He should have got the opportunity everyone else did. And I was wrong about this. I. I took a stance. I, I firmly took a stance against Colin Kaepernick when this happened to begin with, but I've changed. I've understood that I hope that we see just about every player kneeling for that national anthem. And that that's the beautiful thing about this movement is that you know, as you said to begin with, you weren't a you weren't a supporter of what he was doing. But that's the beautiful is thing about especially you know the last month in this country is that what it has done is you know, made us sit down and really have a tough conversation, an uncomfortable conversation. And I think we've made a lot of progress and there's still plenty more progress to make. But I think just this last month and all the pro and all the uh, conversations that I know me and you have both had have really helped us, especially. And I, I think that if everybody can do uh, like you've just said, and really sit down and listen and not just form your own beliefs and listen to other people and then, take a side, then we'll, we'll move forward a lot as a country. Right. I think that's the biggest problem in, in most people just in their life is that they, they, they're too afraid to be wrong. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people have and that I've had in the, in the past. And it's not, it's, it's okay to be wrong. You can't be too afraid to be wrong because then nothing ever changes. But when you're able to sit there and see how you didn't see it clearly before, but now you see it clearly, it's okay to come out and say that, your mind has changed about something. And I mean, that's, that's a beautiful thing in itself. I a hundred percent agree. And I, like you said, I'm looking forward to seeing all, I, I believe that almost every single player will take a knee and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Me too. And, uh, with that being said, I think we're almost done. Uh, we could we could go ahead and talk about a little bit, a couple more topics if you want to. But this, I, I think this has been a great show. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't really have any ideas. Uh, do you have any ideas of what else you want to go on? Or no, I think I, I think like I don't want to stretch it out and ruin the show. You know what I mean? Like ruin the like because once you start stretching things out, it it just gets planned and the viewers can tell. I think we've had a great show. I think this might be our best hope yet of the fact, and it is the last one until the fall. And hopefully this will be 
a springboard to what we can accomplish next time when all sports happen in the fall. Until then, you will see me and Stephen doing a bunch of different things on different uh, on different platforms through the White, Right Way Sports Network, whether it's podcasts or YouTube. We will you will be able to hear us somewhere. Make sure to follow our Instagrams. Mine is at Alex Segini, A L E X S E G H I N I. Stephen. And mine is at Stephen Amon underscore S T E V E S T E V E N A M M A N N underscore. You could also follow our facts Instagram that we've just started, you know, really putting some effort into. It's T W S N underscore the facts. Uh, you should know how to spell the facts. But thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you to all the callers that we've had, uh, good, bad, and sometimes when they call in not knowing what they're talking about. Uh, that, that one's for you, Miley. <laughs> but we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for taking the time to listen in to our podcast produced by the Right Way Sports Network. Subscribe to our channel for more awesome content and follow us on social media on Instagram at TWSNet, on Twitter at TWSNet, and on Facebook at the Right Way Sports Network. And remember, there's only one way to get your sports news and updates, and that is the Right Way.